Hi, I'm Arne van Oostrom, and you are listening to Gut Talks Double G U Double T. Hi, everyone. I'm Maria, and welcome to season three of Gut Talks Double G U Double T, a podcast about business, design, and gut feelings. I started Gut Talks a couple of years ago to educate, spread some karma on the board, connect, reconnect, or learn from awesome entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and investors. By the way, there are no sponsors on the show, but a like, a share, comment, and hitting the subscribe button would mean a lot. Now let's get started. This is the next episode of our segment with Arne van Oosterhoff where we talk about how he designed his own career path in design thinking and beyond. Here we go. And then you have these like plenty of bunches of people basically coming to your conferences, talks, workshops, trainings, yeah. projects, right? Whatever that may be. Yeah. And then you are the expert in the room. So whatever yeah. you say yeah. and everything you said that you don't know, that is so weird. out of Listen. your mind. That is so weird. Listen, I had a moment when I was I was speaking at a conference. Listen, I'll tell you something that most people don't know. The way my career kind of started with design thinkers. So I left my agency that was a communication design agency. I was the creative director and I was fed up with sort of uh, being the last in the sort of process of getting a product to market or a message out to the public. So the company would come up with a solution, an idea, and then the designers would kind of put a nice ribbon around it or, you know, do the aesthetics, basically, just a really superficial stuff. And I was really fed up with because I thought, you know, first of all, this is not, it's totally not me. Meaningful. And I think I can add value in the beginning of the process when there's still problems. So I kind of, you know, I left my company, some other reasons, some disagreements and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to start my own company with design thinkers. And I, nobody knew what that was. And I gave my own kind of interpretation and we were going to do service design because that kind of just started to bubbling to the service, which is really interesting, but nobody knew who I was. Nobody knew in the sort of this kind of space of innovation and creativity. And I had no clue how to get sort of on a stage and to start talking about what I do. But Twitter started happening in 2006, seven-ish, I think. And then, so that was my kind of little engine of getting kind of connecting to people, et cetera, et cetera. So I got to know quite a few people. So I started a community called Vinovsky. Vinovsky was sort of a community of a diverse group of creative people, basically. That was the idea. Later that became Design Thinkers Network. But that time it was called Vinovsky because I thought it should sound a bit like, what is that? You know, And I like the ski, F ski, that should be in a W. I had to have a W because it's a good letter to start a word with. And I imagined this guy, Robert Vinovsky. I don't know. The logo was a shepherd, a dog, German shepherd with a star on his tongue. That was my thing. I had these kind of mini unconferences. So we started doing mini unconferences. And that was basically just a bunch of friends getting together and then saying on Twitter, hey, we have a mini conference on design thinking. People are like, wow, I wish I was there. And we was like, just three of us having a beer. But you don't know, you weren't there. So it, you know, so it was fake it till you make it kind of a thing. Like, but it was real. I mean, we got together, we talked about it and then that group became bigger. So at one point I I said on Twitter, so I'm going to be in New York City. I'm going to run a Vinovsky Minion Conference in New York City because I knew 
that if you want to be sort of a name in anything, you have to kind of, if you then people know you in New York City, in the Netherlands, this is the way. If you've done anything in New York City, you're like, oh, you've been in New York City, you must be really cool, right? It's like, it's very dumb, but that's, I thought that's how it works. So someone I knew on Twitter from Parsons New School said, oh, we're going to have a session on the future of Parsons New School design curriculum, strategic design. When are you going to be in New York City? I said, when is the session? He said, well, it's in February something. I said, well, isn't that a coincidence? It's exactly when I'm going to be in New York City. So I booked the tickets. <laughs> and I, I love and it. I love and it. I, <laughs> and I went to New York City. Cameron, uh, is, uh, if, you're, if you're listening. I don't think he knew this. Cameron, uh, Cameron I hope you're listening to this. Yeah, Cameron Tonkinways. Uh, so I think you left uh, Parsons. So I went to New York City and Bruce Nussbaum was at that time was one of the big names in design thinking. He was sort of, uh, you know, him and people from, from IDEO and uh, so anyway, uh, D school folks. So he was kind of a mm -hmm. big name in that space. He taught at uh, Parsons. So he, he asked me, oh, do you want to kind of come into my class and maybe teach, you know, something in my class about this? And I... So first of all, I just started this. My experience was near to zero, right? But I had a lot of dialogues and conversation on Twitter and I had an opinion, but I hadn't done anything yet. I was a designer from another world, basically. So I said, okay, I'll come in and uh, to your class, which is great. Okay, I'm in New York City. So also to the folks from the uh, Parsons, I said, well, do you have a space? so I can run this on conference. And they said, oh yeah, well, you can use the space. So all of a sudden I have my mini on conference at Parsons New School, you know, at the design, strategic design faculty or something, which would sound in New York City. That sounds really awesome. <laughs> like, like, well, that's really cool. I thought that's already cool. I went there, it was a snowstorm, a blizzard school closed, no teaching. So I did go to one of his classes, but then the day after I was just, there was snow and I was there for a week. So nothing happened. I did do the mini conference and we had the session, but the session was the first day I was there. First day I was there, I had the session and there were people from IDEO, Bruce Nussbaum was there. It's a lot of my heroes, basically. Roger Martin was there, who is one of the, you know, one of the big names in design thinking and stuff like that. He wrote some cool books and he said to me, I know you from Twitter. I said, you know me from Twitter? What are you talking about? So so I'm there in the session and I, on the plane, I prepared, I mean, really thought what I'm going to say in the session. What is my opinion? What do I have? It turns out that I was probably the only one who really gave it a really good thought because I was like, I have to say something. So I had a whole theory, nothing brilliant, but I think I had something with the three C's or something. So I was in the session. The next day, Bruce Nussbaum wrote a blog post quoting me completely. Oh, everything I said, RNF Nostrom said this of the future of blah, blah, blah. So basically then there was a blizzard and I thought, well, it doesn't matter. I can go home now. It's fine. Bruce knows I'm a big name. I was there. So I came back to the Netherlands and the first thing was I got asked to speak at a conference. Like, oh, can you really want to, have to do a keynote at a conference? So again, long story. I, this is the end. I am at the conference. I'm sitting there the day before the conference was sort of a speaker's dinner as they do. And I was sitting next to a few other keynote speakers. And there was a lady who would announce me to the audience who would be kind of the host. She talks to all the speakers, like how I'm going to kind of, uh, you know, announce you, you know, what's your story. And she asked me, so, uh, you know, and so what's your thing? And, and I said, I really, you know, seriously, I don't really know anything because I don't want to be the expert. So I literally said, listen, I really don't know anything, which is nice because I like to be open. I like starting with nothing. So I really told her a little bit that story. And she said to me, oh, that's so vulnerable. That's so great. That's so awesome that you kind of, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like that's, you know, that mindset is so important. I was like, 
okay. And the guy next to me, one of the keynote speakers, he looked at me and said, you can just say anything, can you? He's like, whatever you say. He's like, people are like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I was like, what's going on? I haven't done anything yet. So the emperor's clothes came to mind, the story. It's a bit like that. It's a bit like people want to see things in you that are not there, which I thought was fascinating. I got people asking me to come to conferences or to teach at schools because they like my work so much. And I was like, I haven't done anything yet. And if I did it, I didn't tell anyone. So how do you know? Right. So, and then you become a person because then you spoke at a conference and yeah. someone talked about you and the conference makes you look really cool because they want to have cool people. The conference they say, this is an awesome person. So important. And you're like, really? Because the conference wants important people. So they'll make you more important than you are. And then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And here we are. And now I'm here. Cool. So that was Vanovsky. It's always interesting to know behind the scenes, what happens in, what happened in your brain, what happened Really, yep. and those stories that you know you don't hear about probably every day. <laughs> and you said there's part of it that you just shared here. I never, yeah, I don't so, think I ever, ever told anyone except for my friends. And because you know, who do you tell? There's so much in there in that little mechanism of, you know, you position yourself in a certain way. You are part of something. Uh, you you are on a stage. You're doing these things, and and it created a space for me where I could actually just be myself. Yeah. Um, and be genuine. I mean, when I say I don't, you know, I, I'm insecure and I actually turn into something that I think was really important that you can be yourself. And if you're nervous, you're nervous. If you don't know what you're doing, tell, say, do you don't know what you're doing? Why pretend to be someone else? And that that turned out to be something that people said, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Because <laughs> to me, it was a bit of like, okay, but I couldn't do anything else because I was so used to being an outsider. I was so comfortable with being the school dropout. And I have never been asked to be the expert in anything. So, well, you know, now I'm the anti-expert. It starts with the gut. It ends with the gut. It's in your gut. Gut Talks. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, share, or like to get notified about the upcoming episodes of this segment and upcoming segments. Gut Talks.